0: You are listening to Arirang Radio's Wonders of Jeju. This is a segment where we tell you about the lives of people living right here on the island. I'm your host, AK. This is Humans of Jeju. On Humans of Jeju, we introduce Jeju people who are living here in various ways, and we are here with Jay in the studio to introduce another Humans of Jeju. Yes, hooray! <laughs> Hi! Whenever Hi, you everybody. say hooray, you don't sound like hooray! <laughs> hooray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> happy Friday everybody
0: happy Friday yes. and you know today we have a very special right yes, you know, yes, humans yes. Of Jeju. Yes. so yeah for today's human, you know humans of Jeju following last week's story we are continuing the story of photographer Park jong Gun. right mm-hmm. I'm so excited actually featuring the same person for the second time in this, seg- in, in this segment is very unusual right
1: yes it is so this time there were so many interesting stories and personally we mm-hmm. wanted to share all the interview uh, because we felt that the photographer's work is deeply connected to Jeju.
0: Yeah. First, so for those who missed the last week, the last week's show. Uh, let me briefly summarize Park Jong story. So, living in here in Jeju for ten years, he's a photographer and documentary style work artist. Initially, he worked on a series about Henya, female divers in On area, and what was expected to be a like couple of year project has continued until this year and meeting Henius, uh, he, he became interested in the sea and about sea pollution leading him uh, to create a sea route map from the perspective of Henyas, which may, he made uh, available on his website and it did in addition uh, he showcased the work called Iptojo, portraying the life of people who moved to Jeju just like he was also uh, he engages in projects that unfold the stories of of in individuals affected by the April 3rd incident or massacre and in listening to the story of victims and their families so typically the artist listens to uh, the personal history of individuals creates a timeline depicting their life and and then, like six uh, historical events that influenced their life. And this is a different approach from traditional history books that only record the histories of famous figures. And perhaps that's why, Jay, even you find uh, this artist's work and stories even more interesting and intriguing, right?
1: Yes. And you really summarized that whole week program. Thank you very much. <laughs> very well <laughs> within that minute or two. Uh, so, now why don't we first listen? Listen how the artist became interested in photography and continue our conversation.
2: Great. Having to work in a farm, 그때 그 선생님이 취미로 하시는 걸 보면서, 어, 저거 재밌다라는 생각을 했던 거 같아. 내가 아버지도 교육열이 좀 있는 분이어서 친척들에게 이제 전화를 돌려보시더니 그때 사진과 다니는 집안에 이제 단지 누나죠, 육촌 누나가 계시더라고. 그래서 그분을 만나게 해줬죠. 사진 학원이라는 게 있다 서울에 그래서 제가 아버지랑 둘이 서울에 학원을 갔죠 사진을 시작하게 되는 계기는 어쨌거나 무언가를 찍어야 되는데 그게 뭔가 시작부터 세팅을 하진 않잖아요 그래서 그때 저는 그 음성의 꽃동네라는 데가 있어요 시설, 천주교에서 하는 어떤 시설인데 거기에 할머니가 매년 김치를 다니셨는데 저도 자연스럽게 가게 되면서 사진 찍는 것도 편했고 어렸으니까 아무도 저에게 터치하는 사람이 없었어요. 그래서 내가 찍은 게 다큐멘터리더라고요. 그래서 그냥 학부도 다큐멘터리를 전공했고 그리고 그때는 저널리스트 꿈이어서 그런 것들을 해보겠다고 여기저기 수시로 다녔고 외신 기자 일도 했었고요. 그런데 인생 남 기념사진 찍어주다 다 보내겠구나라는 생각. 그 어느 날 문득 어, 이러다, 이러고 죽는 건가? 그래서 얼른 그만뒀죠. 그만두고, 온게 재주고, 다시 사진을 찍었죠. 그래서 그게 반복이었던 것 같아요. 예, 예, 그러니까 삶을 사진으로 해결할 수 있으면 좋은데, 그렇지 못하니까 계속 갔다 왔다, 갔다 왔다. 근데 그 속에서 배운 어떤 대상이 다큐멘터리였던 거죠.
0: All right, please.
1: Yes, so in his childhood, uh, photographer Park Jung Geun attended a small rural elementary school where Mm -hmm. the total number of students was 18. Mm -hmm. And at that time, he saw a teacher taking photos and it seemed fun to his young eyes. So during high school year, he discovered a photography magazine at a Mm -hmm. bookstore and bought it and he took it to his parents. Although he didn't particularly have interest in studying, being told by people around him that he should go to college, uh, he learned that he could actually major in photography Mm -hmm. in college through the magazine. So his father, who is a high on education, after listening to his son, contacted his school teacher to consult about his future. Then Park Jong-un mentioned that his homeroom teacher actually mentioned that activities like photography could be done through just club activities. Mm. But he said this didn't make him give up on his passion and he just continued on.
0: So it sounds like he has been quite determined from his teenage years.
1: Yes, so he mentioned that in order to convince his father, he. Argued that there are photography studios in town and even journalists mm-hmm. on TV um, who also take pictures. So he mentioned that he argued with his father to persuade him for about six months. Mm-hmm. Then he said his father began calling his relatives and they found that one of his nieces who's Park jong um cousin mm-hmm. was working at a photo studio. Mm-hmm. So they went to meet her and to seek advice mm-hmm. and she mentioned that there was a photography academy and so that Park Jung could attend so he mentioned that his father enrolled him in the academy even though the tuition was quite high uh, despite the cause, he said his father passionately supported him. Mm-hmm. So, thus he began learning photography and started searching for subjects to photograph. And while doing so, he mentioned that he found a Catholic facility called Kotongne mm-hmm. in Umsong area of Chungbuk province. So, there many local elders visit the facility, and every year, grandmothers gather to make kimchi as mm-hmm. well. Uh, since this was not a period in time when taking photo was common, he mentioned that there were many wanting to take photos all the elders wanted to take pictures Mm -hmm. and that's how his work of taking photos got started and looking back at what he'd done he realized that the work he did at the time was actually a documentary yeah
0: it is so from what I gathered during humans of Jesu life uh, you know seems to have uh, interconnected links and when you start like something for one reason it often like leads to something else
1: yes exactly and that's why while preparing Preparing for college entrance exams by taking photos, Mm -hmm. he realized that it could be connected to documentary work. And he ended up majoring in documentary at university. And at that time he dreamed of becoming a journalist Mm -hmm. and explored, he explored various related activities and even worked as a journalist Mm -hmm. as well. Then one day he said he suddenly thought that his life might just end up taking like memorable photos for others and fearing that he might end up doing that for the rest of his life he said he quit his job Um, however as documentary work and photography uh, didn't bring much money to him Mm -hmm. uh, he mentioned that he worked additional jobs in between when he needed money so after a while he quit all those jobs and continued his focus on documentary uh, through grad school Mm -hmm. then eventually due to his wife's research he came to Jeju and that's how he's been here ever since Mm -hmm. so according to him life for him was like a cycle of entering the Uh, workforce Mm -hmm. for money, then quitting for his dreams, and then returning to the artistic pursuits and it was within this cycles that he said he learned what documentary actually is
0: okay describing life as an you know unpredictable like cycle it reminds me of the saying that like life is like a merry <laughs>
1: yes and <laughs> in the midst of this um, repetition he continued to study documentaries and contemplated how to ca- uh, capture them mm. and it was during this musings that he first focused on haenyeols in jeju
0: so as mentioned last week um, you know the problem the project was expected to, like, uh, you know, one or two, couple of years, but took more than six years. Mm. So, you know, he's still working with henyas like, uh, communicating and collaborating with them. Is that right?
1: Yes. So, he used photography as a tool for his documentary work and applied for, like, competitions and even art support yeah. programs. So, during this time, he had the opportunity to organize the work he had been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, should we listen directly from him first?
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: 매년 연말에
1: 공모가 때는
2: 심사였어요 매년 만나는 디렉터 선생님이 있어요 그 선생님이 해녀 사진을 보고 야 이거 잘 찍긴 했는데 너도 연출이라는 걸좀 해봐라 근데 한 번도 생각해보니까 그런 걸 해본 적이 없는 거죠 그러면서 해녀분이 친해졌으니까 관계로 이제 해결할 수 있는 상황이 됐던 거죠 그래서 물숨이나 이런 시리즈들을 해녀분을 물속에서 이렇게 스쿠버를 좋아하는데 물속에서 그냥 구경을 하다가 숨을 참은 표정? 뭐 이런 것들을 좀 찍어봐야겠다는 생각을 해서 제가 작업을 하면서 잘하는 게신 종이 같은 거 벽에 붙여놓고 내가 본 거를 이렇게 쭉 써놓는 경우들이 많아요. 그게 이미지를 찾으려고 사실 하는 행동인데 그 코드들을 좀 담은 사진을 찍을 수 없을까를 매번 고민하거든요 그때 찾은 방법이 물숨이라는 방법이 그걸 찍는 데는 한 30명 찍는 데는 한두 달밖에 안 걸려요 석 달? 그러니까 6년이라는 관계가 있어서 마무리하는 데는 6개월이 안 걸린 것 같아요 그러니까 앞전에 6년의 시간 속에서 본 것들을 6개월 만에 정리를 했죠 식이에요, 안, 안 슬... Would
0: you please tell us? Yes. Yeah, so while
1: applying for the same competition every year, he mentioned that he met the same director who judged the competition every time. Mm-hmm and the director had been seeing his work for three consecutive years and uh, advised him while he took good pictures to try actually directing and exploring ways to get himself involved in the mm. pictures so upon hearing this he realized that he had never actually thought about trying directing before mm. so he wondered about how to direct and spend time observing Henya. and he did so by scuba diving with mm. them because he loved to scuba dive uh, so he joined the Henyos underwater while observing he dis, uh, he decided to capture the expressions of Henyas holding their breath underwater.
0: So different from the photos that he had been like taking over the past six years, he ended up taking new photos. Uh, that's quite true,
1: but not uh, quite right as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship he built with the henya's over the past six years is what he considers his work. Mm-hmm. So he explained that he found the expressions of Hanyas holding their breath by kind of jotting down mm-hmm. on a piece of paper what he saw every day. Yeah. So wow. gradually discovering the images he was seeking uh, through this process, he found that the Hanya's, uh breath holding expression mm-hmm. became the theme of his work titled Mursum, The Fatal Breath. And he worked on taking pictures of three henos per day f- mm-hmm. for about three months. So in reality, he believes that because of the six-year relationship that he built with those heinyos, uh the henos would gladly, uh, they gladly agree to his photograph request. And he mentioned that the morning time, actually, when hens go into the mm-hmm. water, is very precious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they're late entering the water, they have to pass through spots already picked by other henos. Mm-hmm. So they need to hurry to start their work in the morning. Yet they're willing to dedicate their uh, morning time for him. He completed the photography for uh, 30 henos mm-hmm. So it took him six years to embark on this full-fledged um, project. Oh that's crazy. Mm. And according to him, his work has been this way ever every year, mm-hmm. starting with the documentary work, observing for a long time, and then finishing with the new like a final project that he always thinks of. So that thought might be why when people refer to him they don't actually call him a documentary filmmaker but rather a Mm. photographer.
0: So it doesn't necessarily have to be a visual medium to be called a documentary Mm. filmmaker. Yes.
1: And he also mentioned that his work is not limited to just photography these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays he utilizes various media including video. So when we asked if he is gradually considered an actually you know, generally considered an artist, Mm -hmm. he kind of waved his head and said he prefers to be called just a photographer Mm -hmm. because he believes that calling himself an artist might be just too much. So he loves taking photos the most. He sees himself as someone who takes photos and even enjoys the act of it. Um, Although he did mention that he didn't actually like the term photographer, Mm -hmm. he thinks it's kind of unavoidable uh, unavoidable to be referred to be as one
0: okay so I I mean it might sound ironic that he loves the act of taking photos and you know the most but uh you know doesn't like the term photographer yes, yes. <laughs> but it's strangely uh like you know understandable so you know today we are talking about like you know the photographer pakongo which you know who is really inspiring today so hes he has also developed a deep interest in uh you know the people of jeju even more so than like you know the local people <laughs> (laughs) digital island Hmm. so what else like are you going to you know talk about
1: so when asked about the reason uh, that he doesn't like the term uh, he explained that even when shooting videos he views them in individual frames rather than a continuous flow cutting Mm. them into scenes yeah so these days he mentioned that he collaborates with friends who specialize in video production to express what he wants Mm -hmm. So this year's project, uh, which he submitted for a funding project, is mostly comprise, uh, comprised of videos with about 80% and 20% of it being photographed. Mm. Uh, while he engages in such work, let's first listen about the significant project that he's doing this Great. year. Great.
2: 때 돌아가신 수장된 어른들이 대마도로 많이 어느 때에 유난히 시체가 많이 떠내려온 해가 있는 거죠. 그분은 그때 왜이 시체가 많이 떠내려왔는지 모르는 거예요. 나중에 지나고 나서 보니까, 아, 제주에 사삼이라는 게 있었는데, 그때 그 시기에 많은 분들이 오셨구나. 그래서 유골을 뼈를 모아놓은 장소가 있어서 그 위령제를 자비를 들여서 한국 제주식으로 하시는 분이 있어요. 그래서 제주 신방들이 가서 부술하고 소리하시는 분들이 소리를 하고 각자의 방법으로 애도를 하시는 거죠. 그리고 그 위령비가 있는 앞에서 삼다수 물병을 봤어요. 플라스틱 병을. 그러니까 중국 쓰레기, 무슨 쓰레기가 다 왔는데 그 쓰레기 하나가 아 정말이구나라고 하는 걸 표현해 주죠. 원래 그거를 보고 소재를 하나 찾아왔습니다. 그게 사상과 쓰레기죠. 그래서 이두 개의 재난을 써서, 예, please yes
0: yeah,
1: so he mentioned that he visited Temado Island this spring because he found hints for his next project there. Mm. Uh, according to him, a Japanese resident on Temado Island noticed the significant numbers of body washing ashore one year mm. and found it to be very strange. Uh, later, he discovered that it was actually due to the April 3rd incident, and the Japanese resident uh, began holding an annual memorial ceremony in the Jeju style for those lost ones. So intrigued by this story, Park Jung-un traveled to Demado Island, the place where the memorial ceremony is held is a location where the remains of those bodies from that time are gathered. So there, the Japanese resident, out of the compassion, uh, calls for like Jeju Shimbang and people who perform sori mm-hmm. to come and perform spiritual rituals for those lost ones and mourn in their own ways, making sounds. So while visiting the memorial ma- monument, he happened to also see a plastic bottle of Sam along, the, uh, along with various garbage from various countries, mm, he mentioned, mm-hmm. that were washed ashore on Daemado Island. Mm-hmm. So this made him think that garbage is also a natural disaster that we are facing as well. So the subject he explored this year is actually called 사삼, the April 3rd Incident and Garbage. Uh, Although these two disasters are different, he considers the possibility of a connection in between them, uh, just as he discovered garbage in front of the, like the memorial monuments. So using this subject, this is the proposals that he had submitted for the funding project this year.
0: Sometimes you know listening to such stories like made me think wow such a genius people out there <laughs> right I mean he connect you know he made a com, you know combined like between the disasters which is the April 3rd and the you know natural disasters right. as well it's quite amazing so today's uh, ho- on humans of jeju we are continuing um the conversation of photographer Park jeong i mean following last week's discussion mm-hmm. and you know you said the the connection between you know he's he's now promoting kind of his project uh, like combining between like disasters Mm -hmm. and it seems like he's willing to go anywhere like globally to find a single subject
1: yes and he initially started his artistic endeavors by um, examining individual lives through the camera lenses Mm -hmm. however the lenses seem to play a role in discovering the broader global issues and connecting us you know, all together. So there's another impressive story that he shared. So should we listen first? Yes, please.
2: 해를 공유하는 사람들이 대만에도 본토 사람들이 오면서 원주민들을 엄청 많이 죽였거든요. 거제도도 그랬고 부산도 그랬고 제주도도 그랬고 그래서 애도에 관한 그 바닷가에는 영장 문화가 있더라고요. 이 영장 문화는 또 해녀분들이 주도가 되시겠죠. 제주의 그 마을마다 그 영장 팀이 있다고 합니다. 예전에는 또 같이 바다를 나누어서 왜냐하면 바다에서 걸음을 했거든요, 해녀분들이. 일제 강점기 이전에는 소라는 먹지도 않았대. 먹을 뭐 전복도 많은데 뭐 굳이 소라까지 먹게. 먹겠... 근데 이제 일제 강점기 때이 일본 사람들이 구쟁기를 태안함부터 먹는데요. 그러면서 소라 공장이 모슬포랑 성산에 있었답니다. 그래서 해녀분들이 그 소라를 이제 납품을 했대요. 그러면 수소를 잡기 시작했는데 비료라는 게 없을 때는 해녀분들이 바다풀을 건지느냐고 엄청 고생을 많이 하셨대요 굉장히 연결되어 있습니다 그러면서 해녀분이 이런 상황과 비료가 들어오는 상황 그다음에 제주의 겨운기와 비료를 제주의 큰 어떤 벽옥점으로 얘기를 하더라고요 더 많은 농사를 짓게 됐죠 그런데 비료라고 하는 걸 많이 뿌려서 더잘 되는 게 아니래요 많이 뿌리면 잘될것 같아서 엄청난 양을 뿌린 거죠 비료라고 하는 건 질소죠. 질소라고 하는 건뭐 번개만 쳐야지 생길 법한 그런 거란다. 만들기 어려운 거죠. 근데 이제 퇴비는 그게 사라지지만 그 질소는 땅에 스며서 용천수가 되고 용천수에서 이제 바다로 가는 거잖아요. 그게 그 70년 전에 버렸던 게 이제 지금 이리로 오고 있는 상황이죠. 단편적으로 이게 이거다. 라고 얘기하기가 어렵다고 해녀만 보고 할 수도 없고 농사만 보고 할 수도 없고 그래서 지금 제가 하고 있는 게 이것들을 조금 또 카테고리 있게 설명하는 뭐 그런 작업들이겠죠. 예, 예.
1: Please. So he mentioned that in places like Taiwan where the tidal currents are shared, uh, there are histories of indigenous people being massacred when outsiders arrived. Mm. Uh, not only that, but in uh, Okinawa in Japan, Kojedo Island, and Busan in Korea, and even Jeju Island has histories of massacres. Therefore, coastal areas have a culture of mourning for the unfairly killed and massacred individuals. Even in Jeju, there are mourning groups in um, mourning groups in each village. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, it was the henya, the female divers, who took the lead in organizing these groups. Mm. So also in the past, he mentioned that the sea was not only shared by the coastal villages, but also the mid-mountainous areas. Um, Areas, uh, the villages in Jeju as well, as people in the mid mountain villages were would collect seaweed from the sea, bring it to the land and spread it to fertilize the land. Mm. So, in fact, also in the past, the Jeju Henya mentioned that they didn't actually catch sora, the conch, uh, which is also known as kujengi in Jeju uh, language, since there was plenty of other sea products like abalone. Mm, Interesting. However, when Japan occupied Korea, they began to catch sora, the Mm -hmm. conch. The Mm -hmm. reason was that the Japanese people sh- actually have been eating conch from their birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a result, conch factories were established in the Seongsan and Mosupo area in Jeju. So Henyo supplied conch during that time and Park Jeong-geun said he learned about these histories by following Henyos and listening to their wow, stories.
0: Oh, very interesting. So, as a, you know, Jeju local myself, I didn't know the details of this such histories of mm. like Kujengi, you know, Conch and yeah, the abalones, but he seems to know more about Jeju's intricacies than Jeju locals.
1: Yes, and his stories actually didn't end there. Uh, There were more. Uh, At that time, there was a farming culture of picking up seaweed to use as a fertilizer. So according to the historical books about Jeju, when someone without land borrowed land to farm, they first gave the land seaweed and cultivated the land Mm -hmm. uh, so that it could be easily cultivated the next time around as Mm -hmm. well. So this seaweed was a crucial element. Then around Mm. 1970s, fertilizers emerged. So he said that when there was no fertilizer, it was actually Hanyo's work that you know they worked greatly by picking up seaweed to provide those fertilizer. So these stories have significant connections to what we're currently experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, alongside fertilizers, the plow also applied uh, appeared at the time, and these two factors led Jeju into a major turning point. However, what seemed to make farming easier at the surface had a hidden truth underneath. Uh, these fertilizers were actually composed of nitrogen, mm-hmm. a substance that is difficult to create. Mm-hmm. Uh is providing seaweed for fertilizer, which is called tebi. Yeah, uh, and this these gradually disappears, but this nitrogen seeps into the land, affecting groundwater. And nitrogen-influenced groundwater flows into the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thus, what was discarded 70 years ago is now actually affecting our lives. So he believes that you cannot discuss climate crisis or environmental pollution in isolation and that you need to observe and find connections over a long period of time, just as, you know, these stories. So he thinks that just as you can't talk about the current situation like climate crisis, environmental pollution, garbage issues, water pollution, um, so... Only focusing on henya, you also can't tell the whole story focusing only on farming. Yeah. Uh, therefore, he's cr- uh, creating works using various subjects such as the theme we discussed uh, earlier, the April 3rd Incident and Garbage as well as other subjects by finding numerous connections and categorizing them and then explaining them.
0: Wow, he sounds like he's a science or something. (laughs) So his work seems to encompass history, humanities, like science and a warm perspective on people from various angles. Like I'm so curious about like, you know, what artwork he will present in the future. So what plans does he have from now on? So let's uh, hear directly from him first. Mm -hmm.
2: 해녀랑 같이 물속을 경험할 수 있는 컨텐츠를 하나 만들려고 계획하고 있고요. 그 다음에 사삼 전시가 두 개쯤 예정이 되어 있는데 그것을 좀잘 하는 것도 계획이고요. 그 다음에 서귀포에서 해녀보다 빨리 웃는 바다라는 주제로 아마 전시를 하게 되면 음악회를 하나 잘 만들고 싶고요. 산지처럼 이렇게 전시를 했습니다. 근데 개발에 있는 게 소리하고 비치더라고요. 자연을 걱정하는 것 같이 조사도 하고 하지만 이두 가지는 배제된 상황이죠. 풍경발전기 속에 돌고래가 지나가지 못하는데 그 속에 사는 풀이나 물고기나 돌고래들도 배려를 좀 받아야 되잖아요. 그래서 그 소리들을 녹음해서 불편한 음악회, 전시장 밖에서 만들어 보려고 작년부터 어, 계획 중인데 그래서 올해 지원서를 쓰고 있고요. 어, 그리고 사삼이랑 해녀는 카테고리로 계속 가져가고 있고요. 그 속에서 파생되는 작업들이 몇 개가 있습니다. 사삼도 재난이었다면 그 기후 위기도 재난인데 왜 우리는 물고기나 어, 환경에는 애도하지 않는가? 뭐 이런 이야기를 하려고 또 준비하고 있는 게 있습니다
0: please.
1: Yes. So he has many plans. First, he's planning to create content that involves experiencing the underwater world with Hanyos. And next, he's preparing for a solo exhibition on the theme we introduced last week, which is the sea aging faster than the woman diver. Mm. Uh, During this exhibition, he's plans to organize an outdoor concert as well. So he's planning to record. uh, He predicts that the music concert that he'll hold will actually be discomforting uh, probably because of the sounds that they'll be uh, showing about the animals and the mm. you know suffering from the sea and currently he's actively submitting proposals for support projects for his work. He also mentioned that he will continue the work on projects related to the themes we discussed earlier, which is the April 3rd incident and Henya.
0: That's so interesting. I mean it's been so inspiring story I need to really you know check it, you know check check his out. Mm-hmm. okay so I definitely you know need to check out you know check it out like you know lastly I'm curious about the places in Jeju uh, the photographer recommended. So the place
1: that he intrad- introduced is the Camellia of uh, Dongbaek mm-hmm. Uh This is because the Camellia trees there are gathered in one place. And using all their energy actually to grow upward, you actually see no Camellia flowers okay. on those trees. So, But during the scorching summer, it's a fantastic place with a shady path where you know one can mm-hmm. walk. So he wanted to introduce the Camellia. Uh, the Camellia here in Sonner village.
0: Mm, It's nice that he introduced like Camellia Hills here to Camellias. All right. So thank you so much for inspiring story. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to the next one, the next Humans of Jeju. And I hope you have a great day and happy Christmas. Oh, yes. Merry Christmas, (laughs) Christmas. everybody. Hope
1: everybody (laughs) enjoys Christmas.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed the segment. If you are curious to find out more about Jeju, we encourage you to go check out our website at of wondersofjeju or you can check out our Facebook page at Wonders of Jeju, as well as our Instagram account at woj_arirang. We are going to take you on a journey to learn more about what's happening on this island.